Hey everybody, welcome back to the Depths of Music Podcast. My name is Nick, and today we are talking about the newest record from Ice Nine Kills, titled Welcome to Horrorwood, semicolon, The Silver Scrim 2. Now, for those of you who maybe came on during like the Kanye review, or the Billie Eilish review, or the Will Nas X review, um, Ice Nine Kills, if you're not familiar, is an American metalcore band that has made a name for themselves off of their horror-themed lyrics kind of a niche they've fallen into kind of in the same way that like sabaton another metal band does with their history themed lyrics but ice nine kills has made a name for themselves not only off of these lyrics but off of also their incredible just solidness as a metalcore band there are these great soaring vocals there's the deep growl there are pummeling guitar and bass riffs there is fast shredding there are all these great drum beats it's everything you could want from a fun campy exciting metal band nowadays and with this horror kind of twist ice nine kills has done a good job of capturing that crossover audience that a lot of alternative culture has with horror movies you know, Ice Nine Kills, even in this album, labeled their earlier version, the earlier version of themselves as a scene band or a band that was from the scene. And the the crossover between horror movies and the scene kind of made Ice Nine Kills' choice of direction a natural success and has allowed them to gather a very dedicated fan base that'll support them wherever they go. I personally got introduced to Ice Nine Kills through The Silver Scream, which is their album from 2017. It's their take-through horror film, and it goes through pretty much all of the most iconic entries. you got Halloween, you got Friday the 13th, you got Jaws, you got Nightmare on Elm Street. All of the movies that you know and love put into incredibly catchy hooks, incredibly fast riffs, great songs, front to back. You know, lyrically, I'm not going to say they're like the world's craziest thing. It's it's about the movie. And in, in a lot of ways, the band is extremely cheesy. Like, top-notch cheese. Sometimes even a little too much for me. But if you're somebody who doesn't really need your metal to be serious and you want to just have a kickback and have a good time on a Halloween night, Ice Nine Kills is absolutely the way to go. And... When they announced The Silver Scream 2, Welcome to Horrorwood, or the other way around, I think is the official way. I'm going to call it The Silver Scream 2, or maybe not, I don't know. But anticipation for this record was kind of building in me, because even as the band admits, horror sequels really don't have that good of a reputation. And I really wasn't sure the direction we were going to take this in. Is this going to be just another set of horror movies? We're just going to pick up more horror movies, do more lyrics, bada bing, bada boom that's the record or are we going for something else because ice nine kills in the way they started marketing this with their sections of evidence the music videos it seemed like there was something deeper to this and while i'll be blunt and say in the time that the record has come out i have not been able to explore the extended lore of this record I am purely basing things on what we are hearing from the music because i feel like if you're going to build an album up with a promotion like this, I want to hear a payoff in the music. So, but this kind of conflicting opinion in me of what we're going for lyrically, you know, stylistically, uh, instrumentally, the 
songs that we've heard leading up to this record are pretty similar to what we heard on the Silver Scream one, so I'm not expecting too many differences. Um, so with some of these kind of things I'm sure of, but the things I'm not sure of, it's made me kind of a little cautiously optimistic about this record. I love the first Silver Scream, and I don't know if I'm expecting them to top this, but I'm hoping for a worthy follow-up to keep me nice and cozy with brutal slamming riffs and screaming vocals on a Halloween night. So that being said, the record is now out, so let's just jump into it. So the first track is The Opening Night, and like a lot of albums, we get an intro that's not actually really a song. Uh, it begins with an opening monologue. It says that there is evidence that has been found to that has linked lead singer Spencer Charnas to the killing of his fiance, and then the evidence has been hidden away from years, and now these tracks will be unveiled to you as Welcome to Horrorwood. Okay, so here's the concept. So he murdered his fiance. Okay, we're gonna keep an eye out for this for the rest of your album. So please plug that in the back of your head. And now we transition to the first song, Welcome to Horrorwood, first real song, second track. Uh, and we begin this metalcore album with slow acoustic guitars. Um, and I, I say that like it's a bad thing, it's really not. So we get this finger-picked acoustic kind of passage as Spencer is singing very melodically, and then we start to build to this more grand chorus. The vocal layers start to double up. We start to get this bigger and bigger sound until eventually the guitars kick in and we are rocking just as fast as we always have. So there's a few key lyrics in this. First of all, sit back for the sequel of your dreams implies this is kind of our song about the album. Considering Welcome to Horrorwood is the title track, it's pretty fitting, but we're actually like openly acknowledging the fact that this is a sequel. There's even a line in here about uh, how's this for an establishment shot. This song has some ties to horror movies people you know you can tie this to the movie franchise scream but this is the song that you know following our intro is most about like the actual record and we're building up horrorwood as a place who cares if it bleeds beyond the screen is kind of all through the song we get this characterization of this place as kind of just like every horror movie town but they're all in one place and there's just serial killers running around killing people all the time um it focuses a lot on the world building it's pretty much just a town of evil anyone would kill for a callback once again i think is your reference to scream but it's not as tight-knit as something you'd see on the first record in its connections it also kind of to me serves not only to world build horrorwood but also as kind of your fan base anthem some song uh some bands or artists have these kind of songs the first one that comes to my head is um i can't remember the name of the song but it's the all all you sinners stand up and sing hallelujah from panic of the disco which i'm gonna just warn you this is not gonna be the last time we talk about panic of the disco during this review but where, like, for example, fan bases for bands will dub themselves with a certain name. And 
sometimes this comes from a song that an artist makes that kind of like speaks directly to their fans this is kind of ice nine kills version of this uh their fans are known as psychos which is really on the nose uh so they talk about how all psychos crave more thrilling scenes in the chorus of are you misunderstood are you more bad than good Welcome to Horrorwood, where anyone would kill for a callback, is kind of a big rallying cry that I feel like is written to be identified, especially that whole misunderstood, more bad than good, reaching out to the kind of more alternative audience that this record is attracting. So this kind of doubles as both your world building and your fan base anthem in one. And considering just how big and catchy this chorus is i think it really does serve as parts it is one of my favorite songs on the record uh it's got an incredibly solid breakdown uh also over this after that whole line i mentioned earlier about how's this for an established shot we get these big pummeling guitars and bass it's like okay you know this is not just going to be all melody all the time we're going to get these great thrashing moments that will send the pits into a frenzy live and that is kind of the end of the first track it's a really good way to start the record uh there's a lot of these film references there's a lot of the world building there's that identification with the audience there's a great guitar solo a great breakdown great melodies it's a really strong note to open up the record on next up is track three a rash decision Uh, i really enjoy the opening riff on this one um this unlike the last two that we've kind of seen where it's a little more hit or miss back or forth on if they're related to specific movies this is actually specifically about one movie that is cabin fever um i'm I'm probably gonna have to clarify for half of these that i haven't seen most of these my hit rate was a little bit better on the silver on the first silver scream of what i've seen when i haven't but i i have not seen the rash uh, uh cabin fever so forgive me um i really like this opening riff the bass is also really great and brutal here. It's a great driving point for the band. And actually, I think sometimes in metal, uh, specifically like Metallica and Justice for All, sometimes bass players don't really get their due. I mean, there are obviously a few, especially like in Iron Maiden or Black Sabbath, they do get their due. But I really like how driving and important the bass is throughout this album as a bass player. That's always always something I appreciate. Uh, I love the way the verse flows, especially when it builds the pre-chorus. And I feel like, unfortunately though, as we get this great pre-chorus, the actual chorus is kind of a letdown and really, to me, slows the pace of the album. And not as big of a fan of the way that the instrumental fades out before the final chorus. It's like the classic pop trick, you know, where you get like verse chorus verse chorus and then you get a bridge and then right before the final chorus you get like something where the rest of the instrumentation fades and then it pops back in for the final chorus we get this a few times on this record and sometimes it works better than others but it's kind of a cliche and at this point i feel like i don't know i sign kills is a little bit beyond doing this number four uh is assaults and batteries the next track Opening on a, another kind of spoken word bit, we get two channels of radio. Uh, the first, a report that a shootout at a toy store has killed two police officers and a serial killer. The second is 
who just so happens to be a talk show where Kid believes her doll is possessed by the spirit of a dead mass murderer. Wonder if those are connected. Uh, then we get this horrifying doll singing on the intro, and then we blast into the main song. Uh, this is kind of your tribute to those classic killer doll movies. I, I don't know if this is anyone in particular, because I am not as acquainted with those as I probably should be. But uh, this is like easily, I think, the, one of the most campy songs on the record. Uh, the main chorus is an interpolation in a way of the I don't want to grow up I'm a Toys R Us kid it's it's like literally that melody but with like blasting guitars behind it and about doll killing people there's some really funny lyrics in here I like the lyric on the chorus because uh you won't make it past six because this two foot tall demonic doll will make you his bitch is really funny to me uh some of the other lyrics on here were like they literally spell out e-v-i-l-d-o-l-l doesn't work as much for me so i think things are really hit or miss here but i think if you like don't take this seriously like a lot of things on this record you just let it wash over you i think you can have a really good time with this song uh the guitar solo is incredible and i like the way that in the background of this solo the chugging uh, chords come in and out do a really good job of complementing what the soloist is doing so assaults and batteries i think is another good highlight on the record it's it's weird it's it's really funny um and it's just another really characteristic cut i could see how this one in particular might rub some people the wrong way uh just kind of as like a little too campy but I really liked it, so. Number five is called The Shower Scene, which I feel like anybody who knows anything about cinema knows that this is a very obvious psycho reference. It even uses the iconic musical score in the breakdown. Uh, the do, 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 do. Yeah, that's like literally sampled in the breakdown. To actually pretty good effect, I think. Sometimes we, we get a lot of movie samples and a lot of sounds and dialogue from movies in this record. And I think a lot of times it is hit or miss, but this one I think particularly works. Um, I have seen Psycho. Please go watch Psycho. If you've never seen Psycho, it's actually really not that scary. It's just a great thriller. God, I love Psycho. This movie is great. Anyways, if you haven't watched that, please go watch that. Um, the melody, I think the first thing I notice about this is this melody is pretty much a straight rip of The Emperor's New Clothes off of Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. Like, da 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 It's like, it's one of those, like, it, it maybe not be the same, but it's really close. And considering the stylistic overlaps in the band, especially in vocal style, the clean vocal styles of Spencer and Brendan are very similar, so I have a little bit of a hard time believing this is a coincidence, but still. I really like the way the track builds, and I also love the way that the... Uh, lyrics relate to the movie there's that whole ominous way that spencer delivers that it's always me cleaning up her mess line which i don't know if i should like feel bad spoiling psycho but i just recommended it so i'll not spoil it but there's a lot of good references if you've seen the movie 
the lyrics do a really good job of tying into the perspective of the character that it's being sung from. So I really like that. There's a few moments that I, I, I don't like. I don't like the fact that they actually drop the term shower scene in the song. Like, you, I don't know. That, that, that one was a little bit like, okay, just like the E-V-I-L-D-O-L-L lyric i i think it's a little bit it was a little bit too much we we kind of stepped over that line uh but the chorus is big and booming it's incredible uh i like some of the lyrics you know some of the more overt references to shower scene about going down the drain is pretty good samples as i mentioned were great during the breakdown and the drumming before the final chorus is really great and intense and the chilling final sample to end the song of the actual movie dialogue is also really great um as the melodies and instruments kind of fade out funeral derangements is marked by dark and pummeling bass breakdowns that begin the song it's another good use of movie samples in the song funeral derangements is about pet cemetery which is kind of weird to me because pet cemetery is a movie but it's also a book i mean we run into this with the fact that this is the third stephen king song that ice nine kills has done um but i feel like unlike when they did it Pet Cemetery, I think, is arguably as known as a book as it is a movie. So, in a in a list of movies, it's kind of weird here. But as I mentioned before, they've done Stephen King plenty before. We have It Is the End from The Silver Scream, that's about it. And then we have Hell in the Hallways from Every Trick in the Book about Carrie. So the more melodic segments of the song, uh, speaking of every trick in the book, uh, remind me a lot of the song Communion of the Cursed from that record. It's a very kind of big cinematic, like they're really leaning on those strings as they build to these choruses where it's just pretty much the strings. There's not as much like guitar and bass and then eventually those come back in i think the vocal delivery all over the song is also really great there's so much going on in tones of like tones there's a lot of deep breakdowns there's a lot of soaring melodic moments and there's pretty much everything that spencer has to do all over this record he's doing on this song and it flows transitions and is performed phenomenally i think the haunting main guitar line is also great and i really like the melodic playing on the chorus combined with that rapid fire drumming it's a pretty solid song not one of my favorites but it's definitely you know it was a good choice as their final single good song so next up is rainy day it begins with a robotic voice saying run and then we get our nice classic metalcore breakdown uh it's one of the more electronic tin songs on the record uh, and it just doesn't go over well for me. Some of the effects they put on Spencer's voice during that first verse just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just didn't think it was necessary. And I, I feel like, you know, that is part of the theme of the song uh, with that robotic voicing run. I do think that that sample that is used, that that robotic voicing one that I've kept talking about, I feel like when it comes to that breakdown, it is a bit of a momentum killer as like the instrumental builds, 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 
you get this sample and then the breakdown. I feel like that kind of diffuses the tension that was originally in that breakdown, but that's personally me. Um, this song is another one where it's not really about a movie. It's about Resident Evil, which is a movie that nobody likes to think about, and everybody actually knows Resident Evil as being about games. So, the choice to put it here is also really interesting. Now, I think Resident Evil is one of the most iconic horror games of all time, so it absolutely was going to get an Ice Nine's kill song sooner or later. But, um, personally, it's, it's a little bit hard to put together. I'm vaguely familiar with that series, and it's, it's a little harder to put together like that this is explicitly about that and i don't know if they're targeting the movies targeting the games i'm assuming they're targeting the games but a video game song in here definitely something to take note of uh, i mean they have lyrics like game over you die and battle till you beat the game make it clear that that's the game is probably what they're talking about uh melodically instrumentally musically it's not really a standout moment on the record it's a fine moment Still big, still pretty catchy, but just nothing really crazy compared to what we've already seen. The lead single, uh, Hip to Be Scared, is up next. The way the guitar and bass found, pound through the first half of the second verse is incredible. It's one of the best choruses on the record with one of their best lyrics. The To Hell, to hell with Good Intentions, to, so To Hell is Where I'll Go. Uh, it's about American Psycho, considering they, they literally dropped the title in the chorus again. Uh, the way that the verses slow to the more anthemic chorus is also done quite well, because they're fast. They do that slow down well. I think there's a few times where, in an attempt to get a more slow, less chaotic breakdown, like a, a slow, trudging breakdown, or a slower, more melodic chorus... Like I talked about in the previous song, sometimes Ice Nine Kills kind of kills their momentum with there's tempo changes, but I think this is the one of the ones that's done really well. Um, speaking of killing momentum, uh, we get this spoken word bit in the minute, minute where the guitars transfer to music that I can only say sounds like something from the Mario Kart Wii title screen where uh there's this whole vocal bit where they're like do you like ice nine kills and the guy's like not really and then the lead vocalist is like their early work was a little bit too seen for me but when the silver scream came out i thought it had a really great melodic sensibility and it, it's like it's like exactly what i've been saying for these past few things so i i basically just got called out by this song um so is is why i hate this album no i don't hate this album um but I think throwing this at in the literally in the middle of the song was a little weird, especially on your lead single. I think this would have done way better as like a skit in the middle of the record, kind of like what you get on a lot of rap albums from like the early 2000s, and most times those don't even go over well. But I think it's, it's charming, it's funny, but in the middle of this album, right before you get the end of this thing, you get the guy going, hey, Paul, and then you get the breakdown. And it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then right after that, even though I'm not really feeling that part, we get this great transition as we speed up, final pre-chorus, slow back down again, performed great, into the final 
chorus, which is sung at first by the first feature on this record, Jacob Shaddix, which his singing is great on here. The way that the instruments fade out around him, I talked about it earlier. I think this, it works way better here. Um, and instead of sampling the movie after the final chorus, we get lines actually performed by Spencer himself to a pretty good effect. Overall, the instrumentation is fantastic about playing around the voice of Spencer. I think that's something really important for me in rock bands is the way that the instruments all complement the vocals because when you just have like palm-muted chugging power chords over this more complex melodic line, I, I like it more when you get something like a like a Frank Iero where he where you're playing off of that melodic line and it, it gives the music to me a lot more depth that's that's more of a personal thing um but hip to be scared is really good it's another highlight for me chorus is great and even though i'm not a fan of that midsection talking whole critic bit i appreciate the fact that ice nine kills leads off this is their lead single. They lead off their album with this extremely self-aware bit. As as a band, I mentioned that they're they're kind of corny, they a little cheesy. They know exactly what they are, and I think that really does well for them because they're very often playing to their strengths. Sometimes they try some new things. There's some new things tried on this album, but a lot of times Ice Nine Kills is playing to their strengths, and I think that's just what they're best at, especially here. In this album so far, we've only gotten one album of horror movie-like lyrics, and I think personally that sound hasn't overstayed its welcome yet. It may be will by the end of this album cycle, but I think the fact that Ice Nine Kills is being very self-aware, very tongue-in-cheek, and playing to their strengths, I think is a good bet for them at this point without like sacrificing a lot of artistic integrity. They're not just redoing what they did for the sake of redoing it, but by redoing some of the things they did, it, to me, just comes across as more of the same, yes, but also still fun and creative and enjoyable. And considering that they're such a unique band, redoing something stylistically, lyrically, that they're kind of doing on this record doesn't really bother me. But the self-awareness is always, always good for me. Uh, take Your Pick is the pick, in my opinion, if I had to guess, of the hardcore metalheads on this record. If you are like a real metal, like real metalhead, you can be a real metalhead whenever. Uh, I think gatekeeping is stupid. That's a tangent for another day. But I feel like the real, more like hardcore metal people, this is going to be their fix. Because specifically, it features uh, Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse, uh, d- a death metal band. Uh, on vocals with Spencer, which Death Metal and Ice Nine Kills version of Metalcore is two pretty different genres. And actually, they flow together quite well. His deep growl is incredible, and it mixes quite well with Spencer's. I think Spencer is an incredibly uh, dynamic vocalist, and I think his growls and his deeper sections for these breakdowns are good. But the just... The whole like octave lower that Corpse Grinder is going for this just adds a whole nother layer to it and is really, really fun to listen to. The guitars and bass 
have adapted to this style. They're dark, they're dirty, they're fierce. And it seems like this song wasn't just like, oh, we have this song, let's get Corpse Grinder on it. It seemed like they wanted to make a song with Corpse Grinder and they put something together to fit his style because this feels like it's actually made for this partnership in the way that Ice Nine Kills isn't just doing what they've been doing for the rest of this record. This is much more of a like death metal style instrumentation, lyrics, not as much lyrics, but mostly instrumentation and melodies are all very death metal. We don't get as many of these big, clean, anthemic, hooky sections on this. It is a pummeling riff thrust from front to back. Um, despite this, there is the one clean segment, which does kind of break the pace of the song, in my opinion, uh, but is luckily brought back by an incredible, incredible transition to the rest of the song. Uh, every breakdown on this is incredible and will be so good live. I would love to hear this live. Um, it's based on the film My Bloody Valentine, uh, and the song to me really proves the diversity of Ice Nine Kills because, you know, I was literally just talking about how they're kind of repeating a lot of what they've done on this record that they've done on previous records, but this song in particular is like, no, Ice Nine Kills is doing what they're doing best, but that's not because they're out of ideas. It's because that's what they want to do. This song proves that Ice Nine Kills can make harder music if they want to. They have that diversity. There is that creative spark. There is that diversity in talent. They're not just a one-trick pony. Just at the moment, this is what they want to do. Make somewhat similar music to what they were making in 2017 and honestly i think there's nothing wrong with that and i think this kind of interesting side note in the album uh track listing it's a bit of an outlier here uh but i think it's a really good standout moment i think it'll really be good for to get maybe some more elitist metal fans to give ice nine kills a chance and really kind of actually appreciate what is so great about them and I think this is a great track. I would love to hear them do more heavy stuff like this in the future. Uh, honestly, great, great song. Uh, next up is The Box featuring Brendan Soller and Ryan Kirby. Uh, it's another intense intro uh, going into The Box, kind of like what we just heard. The dark background vocals go really well with the clean singing on the verse. And I think this is number the one of the best choruses on the album. It kind of sounds like, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, it sounds like Coldplay metal. I don't know how to put that, but the, the way the chorus is structured reminds me of that. Uh, the main guitar riff is awesome and brutal. There's another great breakdown here, and the screamed dark vocals handled by the guests once again just add another great layer to it. So another really good song. Uh, Fly or F.L.Y featuring Buddy Nielsen um, is another pretty decent song in the record. I think it's a little bit of a step down from what we just heard. The vocal ascension of the I was born to fly phrase that kind of comes in at the end of the first verse doesn't really fit the instrumental tone. Uh, but just the way that this chorus and the whole song 
is structured. They lean really hard in the choir vocals on this, and it feels like this big, dark choir. It's, it's a cool effect. I just don't think it's the best use of it. Uh, the dropout of the instrumental before the final chorus is something that I've touched on before. It's kind of a tired instrumental trick, but I also think it's done pretty well here, so I'm not really that hurt by it. Uh, it's based on the movie The Fly, and honestly, I think Ice Nine Kills does another great job of building up to their big anthemic choruses, because we, we talk about bands that have big choruses, like people like Imagine Dragons, where they have these big anthemic choruses. Ice Nine Kills actually makes it worth your while to build to that, just the way that the instrumentation flows, it's clear that this, there is substance to this. And maybe it's not like super deep lyrics or like multifaceted metaphors. Not really, but instrumentally, there's a lot to dig into here and a lot to appreciate here that isn't just catchy hook, catchy hook, catchy hook, catchy hook. So Fly is another pretty decent song. Um... Next up is The Worst Vacation, and yes, that is spelled W-U-R-S-T, like, like, Bratwurst. So, single-handedly, the worst title on the record. Um, it's another Ice Nine Kills standard. It's very heavy verses with this big hooky chorus. The cinematic violin runs in this are also pretty solid. And it reminds me kind of of the more heavy use of strings on the Silver Scream. The samples are pretty cheesy here, but that's to be expected. The guitar riff is, in my opinion, the best part. It's based on the film Hostel from 2005, a movie I have literally never heard of. In fact, I think when it comes to like movies I've watched on this list, I'm like, maybe two I've seen. So I'm not really the... Uh, foremost expert on this but uh wars vacation kind of is not one of the better moments on this record kind of just goes off as kind of what we've heard before just not as good number 13 ex mortis uh tinny fun and tacky horns open ex mortis this is the one where they really read into those brass sentiments, those more ska-punk elements. Uh, it's based on the movie Evil Dead. And there's a groove to this track that a lot of other songs on this don't have. You know, having catchy choruses is one thing, but there's like a genuine, like almost danceable groove on this song that really is unique for me in this kind of... Uh, record it's another course that gives me pretty heavy panic in the disco vibes but it's not really something that is as egregious as the shower scene so it's really not that bad uh, and sure it's not the heaviest song here but it's pretty awesome that scream of may god have effing mercy is great uh breakdown here is okay it's not the best but uh pretty solid the instrumental dropout effect is also good here and honestly i'm not a big fan of the fade out ending on this track but i, I think it works well enough but honestly just the chorus those big doubled up vocals all over this track 
makes this, in my opinion, one of the better songs we've heard so far. In fact, I think it's probably my favorite on the record. It's pretty much everything I like about Ice Nine Kills. They're great playing, they're great hooks, their sense of style and theatrics. It's all on display here. And this late into the album on a non-single, it is an absolutely standout moment. Finally, we end this with Farewell to Flesh. Softer pianos open it, and they go pretty well with the singing. We haven't seen the softer style like this since the opening, so it's pretty nice to bring it back here. It's based on the movie The Candyman, which, based on the genius lyrics uh, that I read about this, because I'm not familiar with this movie, may have a deeper subject matter than a lot of other standard slasher films, but Ice Nine Kills doesn't really take advantage of that. Which, on one hand, I feel like could be a missed opportunity. On the other, deeper lyrics is not something I feel like Ice Nine Kills is trying to do, so I, I make sense that they don't go for it here. Uh... The strings and guitars build through the verse and the bulk of the instrumentals kick in really abruptly. Um, it's a fairly decent ending, the record overall. Decently catchy, so there's some really good guitar lines. I like the mat marching snare drum that comes in at the final part of the song. Think like the fade out of Welcome to the Black Parade. So with that fairly solid cut, that ends Welcome to Horrorwood. So, remember at the beginning of the review when I told you to keep in mind the whole um, murder mystery part of this. Yeah, you remember how I didn't bring that up for the rest of the album? So that kind of really never comes back in the music, and I feel like if you do digging deeper, which I probably will and probably should have before this video, but if you do dig or further digging, I feel like there's more clues about this in the music videos and the extended media, but... If you just look at the album, it makes that intro make a lot less sense to me. So it's just kind of something I wanted to bring back. Um, at the end of the day, does Ice Nine Kills make a sequel that lives up to the original? In my opinion, yes it does. Welcome to Horrorwood is very similar in lyrical tone and musical style. Still, there are some diminishing returns. I think because they're going back to another set of horror movies... I think this is a slightly lesser batch in terms of how iconic the lyrics are and like how iconic the movies are that they're talking about. There's a few really big ones here, but still, I think the the round of movies they picked for the first Silver Scream is going to uh, strike a chord deeper with most audiences. Most people have seen at least one of the movies referenced on the first one. I've only seen, like, one of the movies referenced on this second one. Um, I also feel like just in terms of just songwriting, this one is not quite as good as the first one. There's some great moments on here, and I think there are some true Ice Nine Kills classics here. Uh, I really love Ex Mortis. I love Hip to be Scared. I like the shower scene. And even though I had my flaws with the record, I think overall, if you liked the first Silver Scream... This is a record you will like. Now, personally, if you do not like Ice Nine Kills, if you think Ice Nine Kills sucks, if you've listened to them and you do not like them, 
you will not like this record. This is not a record that will convince you to like Ice Nine Kills. This is not a radical new change in direction or style. But what this is, is a really good band doing their thing again. Doing it again, and even though I think sometimes there are moments where it falters a little bit more than the previous one did, I still think it's well worth your time. Uh, if you are in the mood for a spooky record for the spooky season, I think both this and the first Silver Scream, which are both like 45 minutes records, so you can blow through both of them in an hour and a half. If you want some just fun, exciting metal for your Halloween season, I think Ice Nine Kills have got you covered. Uh, this is a record that the more I think about it, the more mixed I am on it, because as much as there are issues that I talk about a lot in this review so far, and I've talked about a lot of problems I've had with the records or individual songs, I, I keep finding myself coming back to this record and enjoying this record and looking forward to the fact and not regretting the fact that I pre-purchased this on vinyl uh, that's going to come in next year. Um, I've really enjoyed my time with this record and maybe from a critical eye it's not the world's greatest thing but if you want to sit back and have some fun this Halloween season I think the Silver Scream 2 is absolutely a great way to do it. I would say definitely go check this record out and if you like it, definitely check out the first Silver Scream and check out every trick in the book. Uh, I think Ice Nine Kills is a band that a lot of people need to give more of a chance because instrumentally, musically, there is a lot more to them than just campy horror lyrics. That's what they're known for. That's what I spent a lot of this review talking about. But when you really dive deep into this band you get a lot of great guitar lines you get a lot of great bass playing and a lot of great drumming that i feel like ice nine kills doesn't get their due for their technical ability and their ability to write catchy songs and to captivate an audience so with that i think the silver scream 2 welcome to horrorwood is a success I enjoyed this record. I think it's an appropriate follow-up. And it does leave me excited for whatever Ice Nine Kills does next. I don't know if we need a third. There might be a third at some point. But I don't know if we need a third. I would like to see if the band sticks with this direction. Or if they change something new. And regardless, how do they keep it fresh now? Now that they've done two albums of horror movie lyrics... Where does Ice Nine Kills go? Do they do a full-blown murder mystery concept album like I was kind of hoping this would be? Or are they going to tackle something else like video games or TV? Honestly, it's all up in the air and who knows. But regardless, I, I'm excited either way. So uh, if you like this review, please make sure to leave a favorable review. Follow us on Instagram at the Depths of Music Cast. Check out more reviews if you like metal. I've done uh, episodes on Iron Maiden, Sinjutsu, and Number of the Beast. I've done Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. All of those and more reviews you can go check out uh, on whatever streaming service you're listening to this to. And at the end of the day, thank you for listening. I know I had to take a break last week because I have been swamped. So I appreciate everybody's patience and time. I hope you have a happy Halloween, and I will see you next time.